Welcome back to Comic Fan Commentary. I am your host, Adam. I am joined by Nick today. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing great. Yep. Yeah, sorry about last week, guys. I know the episode was a little late, but the entire state of Texas was shut down due to freeze warnings. And uh, yeah, I went four and a half days without power, power or water. I'm going to be warm again and going to be recording again. Uh, some of the latest news that we want to talk about today is the Nolan Arenado trade. Carson Wentz trade, Matt Stafford trade. We're just going to talk all about trades today. Starting off, franchise piece for the Colorado Rockies, third baseman, one of the top 10 players in the league, Nolan Arenado, traded to the St. Louis Cardinals after being so upset with this organization, never really in contention for anything. Let's go into what the return was for this franchise cornerstone player, the kind of guy you build your franchise around. He's a gold glove winner, probably one of the best third basemen on the defensive side. And the Rockies get five prospects. And because Arenado has a huge mega deal that he signed before last season, Colorado's got to pay some of that because St. Louis would not be able to afford it normally. And they're paying $50 million of his contract for him to play on the St. Louis Cardinals. What do you think about that, Nick? How much sense does that make? I mean, you got to laugh at it. It's, it's just so dumb. You trade away your your perennial all-star, like the foundation of your team. Obviously, you know, they get some prospects back. But part of trading the star player away is to save money, and you wind up still having to pay for him to not be on your team, which is just hilarious i mean great for the cardinals that's 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 literally a steal they get a they get a little bit of relief in terms of salary for a player like arenado and they get the benefit of pairing him up with goldschmidt and they got the corners locked down for a while it may make sense for colorado they're they're not really going anywhere they haven't really been going anywhere you know you kind of saw a little bit when they let lemayhu go another all-star for colorado they they just can't seem to put it together. I really don't have much reaction to them. I mean, they've been a they've made the playoffs, the wild card game, sorry, a couple times, but other than that, they've pretty much just been borderline playoff, borderline sub five hundred team. So I don't see them getting any closer to rebuilding because I don't even know the level of prospects they got back from the Cardinals. None of these guys are going are going to be their top ten in their organization. None of these prospects yeah. are going to be the next Nolan Arenado. I'm fairly certain of that. I might, I might have just spoken it into existence that Mateo Gill will just become the best player in baseball all of a sudden. But um, based on what rankings have shown and the kind of guys that they have, it, it doesn't look like... If we're looking at wins above replacement, just to evaluate the trade, just Nolan Arenado still eclipses all five of these guys. And... For you to get some value out of that trade, you would need to at least match it, right? You'd want this group of players to match the same kind of output that Arenado could give you. Um, the same kind of amount of wins in a game that Arenado delivers when he score, scores RBIs, home runs, defensive plays for you. And I don't even think this group of five will be able to match what he did last year, which was an off year in his, in his standards. The Rockies... All of their salary right now is tied up in relief pitching. They felt like if they made an elite bullpen around their solid hitting core of Trevor Story, Arenado, Blackman, and back then, back then LeMayu, 
if they were able to build around that core and just have that elite elite relief pitching rotation, then if they had that bullpen that could close out games, all they would need was five innings from the starters. But Wade Davis never panned out. Jake McKee never panned out. And all these guys just went downhill because Colorado is such a terrible, terrible park for pitching. Now they're just stuck. It's kind of weird when you see Nolan Arenado sign one of the biggest extensions in their franchise history. And then the year immediately following is talks of that he's frustrated with management, ownership, and he wants out already. And that's pretty telling of where the franchise is headed. Um, until you can get out of these long-term mega deals for your relief pitchers, uh, you can't really build talent around Arenado. And the thing that got Colorado to the World Series way back when, uh, when they had Matt Holiday and went on that little World Series run and, get, and lost to the Red Sox, was they had an elite ace on their team in Ubaldo Jimenez. Mm-hmm. And they just haven't built a starting rotation as good as they had in the past. They tried to go the opposite route of building that bullpen. Didn't work out. And now, I mean, it is pretty unlucky if you have that many relief pitchers just come off amazing seasons, sign large extensions, and then just immediately fall off a cliff. Um, I mean, that's pretty unlucky. I will say that. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like they've been that active in trying to fix that problem. Now they have to pay $50 million for Arenado to play for another team. If you're paying that much money for someone to play somewhere else, I would think they would be able to garner a lot bigger of a prospect than the pool that they, the five players they got, like Austin Gomber, Mateo Gill, Elihuris Montero, Tony Losi, and Jake Summers. I think maybe two or three of those guys will touch the MLB. It, it just feels like you, you're still spending way too much for your best player to be on someone else's team. <laughs> it, it's just kind of hard for to justify that as management. And, I mean, Colorado obviously isn't the kind of market that L.A. is, that New York is. So they went through a lot of struggles with uh, finances this past year. I mean, 2020 was just abysmal for ownership across the baseball landscape. Um, Like, even the Dodgers were in the red, and they won the World Series, one of the most expensive franchises out there, and they still lost money. So the Rockies, I can't remember the last time they packed a stadium. The the most marketable thing they have going on for them was last year when Charlie Blackman was hitting 400. That's all they had going for them. Obviously, it wasn't sustainable. I don't feel like they really have that appeal anymore. No pun intended, but they're about to hit rock bottom. <laughs> I feel like they really have to hit the full reset. Trevor Story's about to be an impending free agent. He might be on the move as well. Uh, Charlie Blackman is toward the end of his career, so he's probably just going to see his time off in Colorado. They got to build a farm system, man. And even the prospects they get for the their best player, they were put in a corner when Arenado wanted out, right? I mean, that just drives his value way down. Um, if you're just trading him straight up after maybe last year for no good reason, um, you could probably get some top five prospects on a respective team. But the fact that he wanted out, just you're not going to be getting much for him, and you have to pay salary for him. Bad time for Colorado management right now. But do you see Cardinals contending now? Yes, because I don't think Chicago is that strong of a team as they were. There's still the Chris Bryant trade rumors 
That rotation's a little shaky. They got Arietta back, but I don't. He's not the same pitcher he once was when he was with Chicago. You know, the Brewers. I think the Brew. It's still the Brewers' division to lose. I think. I think they're going to be tough to beat. I think they'll be more competitive than last year. The, the, I think they'll make the playoffs, and you know, defensively, they're going to be amazing. They're just one of those teams that I'm just not too sure about yet. But it's kind of more of those let's let's wait and see type of teams. My question for them is about their starting rotation. I mean, they, Jack Flaherty is now their bona fide ace, but you cannot complain about their hitting lineup now. Um, they've always wondered where Matt Carpenter slotted into their infield. Um, they've tried him at first, they've tried him at second, they've tried him at third, and he's not the strongest defensive player out there. But I think having Arenado and Goldschmidt on the corners, you can slide him over to second since they just lost Colton Wong as well. So I think that's a that's a good fit for a team that I feel like they have been one solid piece away from taking the division. And I think this move might actually do it for him. NL Central is rather weak. Kind of anyone's up for grabs, uh, for mm-hmm. especially in that shortened season we had last year. I think things were just a little bit different. But in a fuller season, uh, I think the Cardinals can definitely make that, put them over the top of these other teams. Because, I mean, NL Central at this point is by very slim margins on the advantage that one has over the other. But do you think that uh, half his games being in Bush Stadium now changes Arenado's season? No, because I think I think a lot of people thought the same thing with uh, DJ LeMahieu when he went to the Yankees. Okay, but um, Yankees Park is like very very hitter friendly. It is, but he's not hitting. He's not like you know launching the ball out of the field. He still he still has moderate home run numbers. His his batting average has gone up outside of Colorado, which is incredible. I, I'd be a little bit worried, but at the same time, good hitters are going to hit. And he's a good hitter. True. He's just solid. He's a five-tool player. I think the defensive tools are better than the offensive tools for his game, but he's still elite offensively. All right. So on the topic of superstars, well, superstar being used liberally. Loosely. Yeah. <laughs> Probably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play for Detroit gets traded finally. The Lions were just hanging on to Matthew Stafford for as long as they could. And now... It's finally time. They cash in on him. A different age in Detroit Lion history. And they swap him to the L.A. Rams for Jared Goff um, and a handful of picks. I get the two future first-round picks and this year's third. My goodness gracious, the Rams just love trading picks. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last time they had a first-round pick? I think Sean McVay, as time as coach, has never had a first-round pick. Oh, uh, Tom Gurley. Oh my god. It took him it took him tenth I think tenth overall. <laughs> this is a this is a great move for LA. They're one of those teams that they, they don't want to wait around and see like, oh, is this first round pick gonna be all that? They want the talent now because they need the talent now because they already have the established talent. They're not afraid to make moves as they've saw as we've seen before with, you know, letting Todd Gurley go, acquiring Jalen Ramsey, adding solid pieces to the defensive and offensive line. They're right there. Yeah, we saw it. They made they made it to a Super Bowl. They got exposed a little bit in that horrible, horrible game against the Patriots. My goodness gracious. Because <laughs> they remember they traded their other first for Goff to get him to trade up to take him at one overall. I think the not Detroit, sorry. I think the Rams, they'll be better than they were last year. So they're going to be a very popular Super Bowl pick with Stafford, and they, rightfully so. It's going to be an immense improvement. Not that Goff is too terrible, but Matthew Stafford is just that much better. You know, Goff kind of gets the sort of the stick with getting injured towards the end of the season because they were, they were in their group before he got hurt. And that playoff game against the Packers, he 
he played his heart out, even though he had literally one hand. Still, still a tough guy. Uh, I hope he does well in Detroit. I think it was a good, um, fantastic fit, trade for Detroit as well. They they get more they get their first rounders they get a quarterback for right now to see kind of how he fits in with their new head coach I don't think they'll stick with golf but you never know I think it's a win win for both sides I really don't see it's not even a, it, there's really no detriment to L A for making this move I think it's either Super Bowl or bust and then Detroit obviously is in the rebuilding phase they got some solid young players but they got to figure some other stuff out Yeah I mean Stafford finally gets a running game too I mean, Yeah that's something he has never had in Detroit. I mean, this past year, they did finally have DeAndre Swift. He had a hard time staying healthy. Stafford's just never had any help. He's always been that guy who just has to carry the franchise. That's a pretty tall order, a team sport. <laughs> Stafford can't be happier, right? I mean, he's on a contender, the very avant-garde head coach. That offense is going to be terrifying. I mean, they have solid receivers, great deep threats, and you have that three-headed monster at running back. Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, Henderson. Matthew Stafford could not be happier. They have an elite defense already. They have the best defensive player in the entire league and Aaron Donald, elite corners. LA, I think, runs away with their division at this point. I mean, Seattle, we've seen a lot of decline from them. And the Rams went 10-6 and six with an injured Jared Goff and Johnny Wolford. I think with Matthew Stafford, NFC just got put on notice. I think there will be some growing pains that we saw with maybe like Tom Brady with the Buccaneers early in the season, meshing into a new offensive scheme, how McVay and Stafford can coexist. I think by the end of the season, they're going to hit a stride and they're going to be tough to beat. And then on the flip side of that, Detroit, they get a stopgap quarterback, at least Jared Goff. I feel bad for Jared Goff because he goes from this team that could contend year in, year out to Detroit. This is a bummer for him. But, I mean, at least he gets a new start. No one's going to blame him if the Lions lose. I mean, they have a lot of problems right now. Yeah. And, I mean, they get some they get some picks for it. I mean, they got a, 20, a 22 first, a 23 first, this year's third. So those will probably be late round picks in the future, which is not terrible. Jared Goff isn't a below average quarterback. I'd say he's average to above average. But he does have a pretty heavy cap space in comparison to Stafford. That's just what you have to pay if you want a quarterback who's not on a rookie deal now. Overall, Rams obviously win this trade. I mean, Detroit, you, you have to rebuild now, man. You tried to pretend you were contenders with Matt Patricia, and that obviously didn't work. So you, you got you got to change things up. And Stafford, it's the best to cash in on him now rather than just let him leave for free agency at the end of his contract. Might as well get something for him, right? But do you think the Lions now target quarterback in the draft? They're going to be, they're not going to be a good team going this year. So I think you kind of test it out with the golf, see what you got, how he fits into your system. But if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I, I mean, either way, they're going to have a, probably a top five pick next year too after this season. And I know it is a quarterback heavy class right now, but everything is unpredictable. I can still see them dying to go for a quarterback right now, but I think them including off in that trade. I mean, he had to be included in the trade to get Stafford anyway, because they weren't just gonna. They needed to move the cap space. Yeah, the Rams. Uh, I think they'll see what Goff has, and who knows? He may still have a great year, and they still may have a bad record. We've seen it before, which would be great for them because maybe if they want to go another round of quarterback, they can flip him for some more for some more picks or or something else if they do decide to go for a quarterback in this draft. They they got a lot of options, so it'd be interesting to see what happens. They should address other needs. It, it is a very quarterback-heavy draft, probably one of the most we've seen in recent years. But mm -hmm. I think there also are solid players on the board that would fall to you at number six or number seven. But the top, I think the top-tier quarterbacks in, the, in this draft probably go in the top five. Like, honestly, like three in the top five. So... Mm -hmm. 
I think this would be a good time to accept that you have a quarterback already and probably target a future one and then fix some something on your defense. Um, they haven't been the same since they had to trade Darius Slay. Their secondaries hasn't been the same. They 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 got to fix a lot of things on the other side of the ball. So address some of that too. From the same draft as Jared Goff, the number two overall pick, Carson Wentz finally gets traded out of Philadelphia to the Indianapolis Colts, who just saw, recently saw Phil Rivers retire. And Philadelphia gets uh, this year's third round pick, conditional 2022 second round pick. And so it could turn into a first. Good move for the Colts. Wentz will be happy to be back in Frank Reich's uh, system. That was the uh, system in which he almost won an MVP in with the Eagles back when they made had this during their Super Bowl year. Um, so I think we'll see some big improvements in his game, but he, he has to be healthy, obviously. That has been a problem. We will see how that goes. Now, on the other side of the trade, the Eagles, it's strange because I, I think their new head coach is a nut job to begin with. You saw his press conference. It was just strong Adam Gase vibes, <laughs> which is not good at all. Now, obviously, it's exciting for Jalen Hurts. He's going to get that starting role, most likely. I don't know. It's just a weird... It's a weird situation on both sides. The Colts are kind of this like one piece away kind of team. They were top ten in offense and defense last year. We'll see what happens with Wentz. See if it gets him over that hump. But on the Eagles side, obviously they're rebuilding. It, it's just weird. It really is just weird. Yeah, it feels kind of off. I will give it that. If you're the Eagles, if you're being smart about it, you're bringing in a new coach. You have a lot of promise out of this rookie quarterback. And Carson clearly shows he's on some kind of decline, whether that be some of his the throws he made this year looked like he was hurt, honestly. Um, and I thought that he might have had some kind of nagging injury. Philadelphia made the smart move in choosing Hurts over Wentz because this past year definitely showed them that the Super Bowl year they had was definitely all the pieces fitting perfectly. They're pretty far off from making another Super Bowl, so I definitely would pick the young, younger, higher-ceiling guy. As the Colts had a heck of a season with Phil Rivers, and I think adding a quarterback who could potentially push the ball downfield a little more than an aging Phil Rivers, that shows a lot of promise for a team that, like you said, is very solid on both sides of the ball. I don't know if Wentz is necessarily the guy that will you know, take them all the way to the Super Bowl, but I do think they're a little more contentious if they get the best out of Carson Wentz. So, I mean, they have a great offensive line, which is the best thing you could have showing up as a new quarterback in a new town. Um, but I think it's definitely the same kind of thing as Jared Goff, where he needed to get out of Philly. New faces, new places. Kind of shake off all that, all that rust that was last year. Just kind of shake off last year, chalk it up as being a fluke. Um, and hopefully in this new setting that he can show up and deliver on at least being equal to what they were last year. Um, like if they go 9-7 and seven this year, I can see a lot of pe- critics pointing fingers at him being the issue. But if they, if they go equal as last year, I think you have no problem as a Colts fan. The only thing I do wonder about is Philadelphia is eating a good portion of his contract for this year in dead cap space, which is kind of hard when you want to try to sign free agents to bolster that roster. It's hard to get those superstar players when most of your cap space is being eaten by a quarterback who's not on your team anymore. Kind of similar to Colorado, but luckily for Philly, they're not paying more than one year of his salary. Um, They're only eating it for this year. 
But it honestly, I like the trade a lot. Philadelphia gets something for Wentz, even though that his time there was very short lived. It was Wentzylvania not that long ago. Yeah. But what do you make of uh, his new teammate, Michael Pittman, rookie wide receiver after this season? Um, will not give up the number 11 jersey to Carson Wentz. It's not like, you know, Tom Brady getting number 12 from uh, Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay because mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is a quarterback that is nowhere near the stature of Tom Brady or any other guy. Like, if let's say if Aaron Rodgers changed teams, they may give him number 12. Like, that's just how it works. They Carson Wentz is not that level of quarterback to where I don't think it's that much of an issue. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much all I got to say about that. I mean, I really don't bold, think yeah, though, it's really that a receiver on a rookie receiver, like they Colts get this new t- Super Bowl winning quarterback, um, even though he wasn't on the field at the time. He that team did win the Super Bowl, yep. but this rookie wide receiver who is getting the ball thrown to by said quarterback is going to deny him his number after getting 500 yards and a couple touchdowns. It's not it's not Wentz's number though. He's not he, he's he hadn't been on the Colts before this season. It's not his number on the team. If I were Wentz though, I would I would get it. I would I would change change numbers. You know, this is you're revamping everything. 11 is not a quarterback number. Let's just change that. You're in a new new place. You're setting a new legacy. Uh, might as well like change numbers, do something different. Still think it's pretty bold that Michael Pittman is denying anybody a number. If he's going to get any receptions next year, it's going to be Wentz <laughs> who's throwing it to him. With all these trade talks, another quarterback who some recent rumors just recently spilled um, of Russell Wilson. It wasn't necessarily he didn't has not demanded a trade out of Seattle. He has not made that formal at all. Um, but his agent did put out a list of four teams that Russell would be willing to be traded to if they did. Definitely scary for Seattle fans because he has a full no trade clause. But why would you randomly put that out unless you did want out? So, and that list was the Chicago Bears, the Dallas Cowboys, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the New Orleans Saints. You know, it'd be really, really fun to see him and Sean Payton's offense in New Orleans. I think that puts them right back to <laughs> right back to where they were. The, you know, back when Drew Brees had his arm strength, I think it gives them back their offense back to that level, um, which would be even scarier than. Matt Stafford on the Rams, in my opinion. Um, so if if I were him, that's where I would want to go. Um, I don't really get the Chicago part of it. It might just be there to drive up the price a little bit, if that's the case, because they got you know, it, it's Chicago. It's a big name. It's a big. It's a big city. I mean, they have uh, a good team other than quarterback, though. Here's the here's the problem though, because as soon as uh, I think it's Allen Robinson, right? Mm-hmm. Their top target. He's gone, and then after he's gone, there's nobody else in that wide receiver court. It's just—it's a bad. It's not a good offense. It's not a good roster on offense, in my opinion. Vegas, Vegas, I can kind of see. You know, new new city for the NFL. Good good place to live, probably for him. I mean, they have a stud offensive line too. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's the that's the thing he's wanting because he wants he wants them to to to, to beef up the O line. He's tired of getting hit. Yeah, the past three years, Russell Wilson's been running for his life half the time. Yeah, I know. 
I know he's getting he's getting slaughtered out there sometimes. But uh, uh, what was the fourteenth? Oh, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Um, interesting. He put that out there. Uh, you know, Dallas. I wouldn't be shocked if they did make a move for him. Um, he did play for the Texas Rangers for. He is he is part of the Yankee system, so that's <laughs> away from there now. Just still weird to think about. I mean, yeah, it's the Cowboys. I can always see them making a big move uh, for a player like Russell Wilson's caliber. Do I think it'll happen? Probably not. I think they're going to sign back to his contract or franchise tag him or or move on. And if they do move on, I think they'll make the, the move for, for Wilson. But yeah, I, I think those are those are some solid destinations for him. Of course, I'd put Chicago on the bottom. Uh, <laughs> but I'd put, New Orleans, I'd put New Orleans on the top for those destinations for him. Do I think the trade's going to even happen? Probably not. See, I would have to be out of their mind. They would have to be blown away by the offer, which we don't even know how much Deshaun Watson's going to get traded away for if he he does get traded, because I think it's starting to look more like he's just going to be there until his contract's up, which shame on the Texans for not making getting something out of him because you're going to get nothing out of him eventually. But again, Seattle's also a smart smart team. It's a smart organization. So, you know, if they see if they see this team going downhill, they're going to they'll be able to recognize hopefully if it's not working out and if they can they can see the writing on the wall a little bit. Uh I don't see that right now, but again, that can all change if they feel like hey, you know, if the team feels like he needs to move on or if they can't make the moves right now to get what he wants, then go up there tomorrow and be like, yeah, I don't want to play here anymore. But I think they would try to get out in front of that. And I think they would try to trade him before something like that happens. This is, this is Russell Wilson. He's, he's a top five quarterback in the league. He leads the league in touchdowns over the last, I think it's like five for three or five seasons, I think in total before Mahomes was in the league for the couple of those years. Cause if we go back to the last two years, it's, it's probably Patrick. Yeah. We have to see some rumors for the, for the trades to see, just kind of evaluate. Cause I don't know. I don't know what he's worth. A 32-year-old quarterback who's at an elite level, a free agent in 2024. If you're the Seahawks, you need to draft a lineman no matter what. Don't care what your needs are. You need to trade up to get some kind of lineman. I mean, because you did help him out by getting him DK Metcalf, proved to be an elite talent. Now get him a lineman. Make him happy. He's your guy for right now. The only thing <laughs> I could see actually being a decent trade for the Seahawks if – is if they can tie Dak Prescott down and they do a swap. That's the only way I could possibly yeah. see a trade for Russell, with Russell Wilson attached making any sense. If you had to choose, um, who would you want more, Russell Wilson or uh, Deshaun Watson? Right now, I take Deshaun Watson. He, just because he's younger, I mean, he also depends on the kind of team I'm I'm building. If I don't really care about picks right now and I got a solid foundation, I would go for Russell Wilson and be the Super Bowl contention right now. I think Watson's gonna go to like a younger a younger team that will actually listen to his opinions <laughs> and what he, <laughs> what they need. Situation. Pretty crazy offseason to be a quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think half of them are now changing teams. That is all the time that we have today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Nick, for stopping by yet again. No problem. Anytime. Hope you all have a great week. 